0: Something tells me this podcast won't be a big part of my resume. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast, with your hosts, Mike Russo and Tiffany Silverbron. Welcome back, Tiffany. How's it going?
1: Pretty good.
0: So this is another episode you wanted to be on, and we're very happy to have you once again.
1: Yay, I'm happy to be here.
0: What's new and exciting?
1: Uh, nothing much. Valentine's Day just passed.
0: it sure did what'd you do
1: just went to a movie
0: okay something something super romantic right
1: (laughs) yeah we saw megan
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's not romantic what are you doing
1: (laughs) it is for me
0: (laughs) it's right up your alley isn't it (laughs) yeah we didn't do all that much we got one of those heart-shaped pizzas
1: oh yeah (laughs) nice
0: it came in a pink pizza box whoa really yeah it was good though we really enjoyed it like but a month ago my wife's like let's get a heart-shaped pizza for valentine's day <laughs> i'm like i'm all for it why not that's that's just that's pretty kooky let's do that <laughs> so yeah of course tiff happy valentine's day i know this is dropping a couple of weeks after but i don't care who cares
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hope everybody had a good one. I'm glad you did. Um, so we're going to skip the preamble tonight and jump right into today's episode. This is going to be the last Gizmoduck episode we do on the show, at least for now, because I want to, I know I've mentioned it, I want to dive into the older DuckTales episodes and talk a bit about Launchpad, but we'll we'll cross that crash when we come to it, won't we? Um, so, (laughs) I wanted to pick another Gizmoduck episode where he was, he's been, where he's a a focus, where it's more Gizmoduck than Fenton. A lot of these episodes are really a lot of Fenton. Gizmoduck's either the deus ex machina at the end of the episode, or he shows up very briefly. There's even a couple where he doesn't come in at all. Um, but this one has a lot of Gizmoduck in it. So, this is the Unbreakable Bin. And this is another favorite of yours, right, Tiff? Yep. For a big reason, and we're not going to spoil it right now (laughs) if you haven't seen the episode. It's significant for a couple of reasons. One we'll tell you later. The other one is that this is the last of the DuckTales episodes that was based off a Carl Barks comic. Uh, Specifically, a story called The Unsafe Safe from 1962 a lot of this episode is taken from this. Not all of it, but significant parts yep. of it. It's a comic that you've read, right? Yep. Okay, so not recently, though, right? No. <laughs> Any particular memories of the story without spoiling our guest villain? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I remember a lot of it. I mean, I loved those comics when I was a kid. So a lot of them I reread. So it's not I don't know, like a lot of times, you know, you read a comic book once. But I think those ones from when you were a kid, you read multiple times. And this oh, was yeah. one of them. <laughs> but yeah, it's been probably years since I have.
0: Well, and- I've never actually read it. I've seen like images of panels and parts of the story, but I've never actually read it. I really need to get on that. I need to read more Bark stuff. That is that is something I really regret not having done by now in my life.
1: Yeah, they have, like, those big collections that make it really easy.
0: I really have to do that.
1: And it's cool, too. They have, like, uh, a lot of other stuff in them. If you get the collections, like, stuff written by other people. I think one of them is, like, Steven Spielberg, even, I think. Really? I think so. It's some director does like a forward in one of them.
0: You know what? I wouldn't be shocked if it was Spielberg because he he was inspired by the Barks comics.
1: Yeah, I think that's why I I feel like that's who it was because they I mean, he, he's talked about it a bunch of times.
0: I mean, elements of DuckTales were inspired by Indiana Jones and a lot of Indiana Jones was inspired by Barks Scrooge comics. Yep. So it's pretty cyclical isn't it so <laughs> if it was spielberg i wouldn't be shocked but maybe off mike you can give me some recommendations of bark stuff i could track yeah. down to read and you know it's, i can he's a, he did a lot so
1: i can check too and maybe put it in the comments or something who would actually who the forwards are from
0: <laughs> okay cool i would definitely want to read some of this stuff Okay, so yeah, today's episode is The Unbreakable Bin. It's one of my favorites. Um, It first aired Wednesday, November 15th, 1989. And, okay, so this one seemed to be a bit of a passion project for Alan Burnett. He co-produced it, he was a story editor, and he wrote it. So I think that might have something to do with the overall high quality of this episode. Because it is definitely one of the better ones. I mean, we enjoyed Metal Attraction, but that one was a complete cluster fudge.
1: Yeah, um,
0: it was a fun cluster fudge, but it was still really, really, really screwy. This one is, pr- I mean, it's kind of it's got barks as it's basically as its bones, but it's still got some mm-hmm. new stuff in it. It's got Gizmo Duck. I think it's a super strong episode. Um, animation, yes. as always. Is Wang, but they do a really good job here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I I mean definitely there's some standout moments in this one.
0: And they put their best animators on a lot of the Gizmo Duck scenes. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna imagine he's a hard character to draw.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I struggle drawing him because it's kind of hard to get those pieces in the right proportion. And I remember. Years ago, now at this point, when me and Andrew Wallace talked to uh, the Candy Cartoons animator uh, Derek Bond about the Darkwing episode Up, Up and Rye, I believe he mentioned how hard it was to draw Gizmo Duck.
1: Yeah, and it's always hard, you know, in animation when you know you you're using animation physics of like squash and stretch, but at the same time, some things have to be mechanical, so you have to like use some of that but not too much or it'll just look like rubber
0: <laughs> right i mean there is a lot of squash and stretch on Gizmo Duck in this episode but yep. you have to do that while still keeping like the four panels on his chest plate like the right distance from each other the r has to look perfect the buttons on the tv have to be drawn the right way those arm cuffs are difficult too and yep. then you have the tire assembly yeah. <laughs> Which they totally cheated that on the new DuckTales by simplifying it. But you've got the the red spokes and the tire has detail on it. I mean...
1: not nearly as much squash and stretch in the new one.
0: <laughs> no, not at all. But the fact that Gizmoduck has the personality and the, just the fluid movements he's got, like, that's kudos to Wang. I mean, they aren't the best studio, and I would have loved to have seen how TMS did Gizmoduck. Could you imagine? Yeah. But I think I can't really picture him with any other studio but Wang. Like, the, yeah. the, like those later DuckTales episodes have such an interesting and fun feel because of Wang. And I think their handling of Duck and Fenton has a lot to do with it. So, anyway, so let's get into the story of the Unbreakable Bin. So, Tiffany, I'll let you start. How does so- this one start? So
1: it starts off looking crazy, like super cross-hatched. They show like the money bin, everything's all distorted. And I think this is a a thing that they do often in animation where when they want something to look like sinister, they give it this like Edward Gorey type drawing feel.
0: (laughs) How do you think they did these backgrounds?
1: Um... I think they probably like used pen for the crosshatching over watercolor or something.
0: Cause it's it's absolutely different from the normal ducktails look.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it, it feels w-
0: like a dry run for the masked mallard a couple of episodes from now.
1: Yeah. It's like yeah, it's it's also the colors are a little bit muted too. It's not like super bright.
0: And you know something's off, because even the sound effects are a little creepy. Yep. So, yeah. I'm sorry, what were you going to say?
1: Oh, no, and it, it looks a little Haunted Mansion-y, too.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally see it. So, Scrooge is up in the money bin. What's Scrooge doing?
1: Um, He, wait, what is he doing? <laughs> is he... Oh, he's, like, counting something, right?
0: Yeah, and he noticed, um, I guess the bank was off by a penny, he says. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, he notices that there's these bushes moving towards the bin, and there's a ton of Beagle Boys approaching.
0: Yeah, and this is unique for DuckTales. They kind of laugh like Bouncer and Big Time, and a few of them have Bouncer's tooth gap, but for the most part, they're generic Carl Barks Beagles. Yeah. And that's really cool that they did that. And um, they're popping out of uh, statues and out of the ground, and they're laughing, and it's a great shot. They're in the paintings. (laughs) And they're reflected off Scrooge's spectacles. Yeah. Yeah, so he runs down the hall, and they're backlit as they're marching towards him. He's trying to close the vault door, and they're they're struggling with it with him. It's really great stuff. And they're laughing and the Beagle Boy music is all sinister.
1: Yeah, they're popping out of the money.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he gets into the the vault and closes the door. And just when he thinks he's safe, yeah, they start popping out of the money. Um, which is great animation of the the money piles, like, expanding and the, the Beagle Boy's bursting out of them. Yeah. And then they grab him by the feet and start to drag him under. And what happens? He wakes up. Ah <laughs> oh, was all a nightmare.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the boys run in and say, "You had another nightmare, which is interesting. <laughs> I guess he has them frequently.
0: Well, remember Earthquake? He had a nightmare about the Beetle Beagle boys on that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> but this time they were gigantic.
1: That's kind of a depressing thought that he's constantly having nightmares about the Beagle Boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, so he panics and he wants to go make sure the bin is safe. So he heads to the money bin. And of course, who do we see?
1: You see Gizmo Duck
0: guarding yep. the front. And he says, Even a sneaky flea couldn't get past me. <laughs> yeah. But then.
1: Oh, so then you hear a bunch of sounds, and um, Gizmo says like, "Oh, it's those those noises I've been hearing all day." <laughs> <And> <laughs> Scrooge freaks out because he says there's someone inside, and he runs in, and it's Gyro, and Gizmo Duck's like, "Oh yeah, I let him in earlier." <laughs> <laughs> Gyro sounds off today. Yep, I think Gizmo Duck sounds a little off too.
0: Yeah, At but in this Gyro scene. is especially noticeable. Yeah. And <laughs> throughout the whole episode, not just this scene. I don't know, like, Hal Smith had been doing this voice for a while. Like, hey, maybe he got a cold that day. Yeah. But speaking of Earthquack, if you ever go back and listen to that one, that was the first Hal Smith episode with Gyro, and the voice is all wrong. Hmm. Like, it is so creaky and old. He sounds like he's 80. <laughs> Wow. So, I mean, yeah. this is this is still kind of not great, but it's better than that one is. Yeah. Anyway, what is Gyro working on, Tiffany?
1: So he's working on um, some glass that is indestructible, which I will, I guess, say right now in the original story, there is no Gyro, and it's just Scrooge talking to Donald about how he has glass he made his glasses out of indestructible glass and he puts it under a steamroller and shows donald that they
0: can't be broken (laughs) right instead of a steamroller what do we get here
1: we get um gizmo deck and he has his power pack diamond tipped handy dandy hand drill and peach pit remover
0: (laughs) because of course he does
1: And it breaks the drill. But yeah, I just I was saying that because this is the beginning of the comic book, is this moment, basically. Right.
0: Right. And yeah, so we have Protect-A-Glass. And Duck, of course, his mind is elsewhere. He's like, oh, my little Gizmo buddies who wear glasses can finally get pounded on the field <laughs> like the other boys. It's so <laughs>
1: silly that part. <laughs> and I love it.
0: I also love uh, the music choice in this scene. Yeah. Like a lot of the DuckTales music, especially the stuff Ron Jones did, which I found out recently, he actually left DuckTales after Time is Money. He didn't do the Super DuckTales stuff, the Fenton theme, the Gizmo Duck theme. He didn't do that stuff. It was somebody else. But his old first season and Time is Money themes pop up in all these episodes regardless. And it's kind of, now that I know that, I can tell the difference. Um this scene has got some really nice music over it that he did for like emotional moments in time is money because that story arc had like a really big, bold like motif. But Ron Jones also did like a more emotional portion of it, like when they say goodbye to Bubba, and the music is very like emotional. Yeah. And they're using that here. And if you're really listening it's it's hard to divorce. The music with everything else because it's all the voices and the goofy sound effects but if you just focus on the scores this stuff is really incredible yeah like I it's w- a it's a full orchestra
1: i wish we could get a ducktales soundtrack <laughs>
0: chunks of it are on youtube i know i had mentioned that ron jones himself put a demo reel up on youtube and there's also the the bigger, more adventurous version of this motif is up there too. For anybody who wants to check it out, the tune is called Soaring. So if you just check that on YouTube, you should find it. But this is the more emotional version of it. I wanted to point that out before, but this is the first chance I've gotten to do it. Okay. There's also a
1: Beagle Boys theme. Um, I
0: love the Beagle Boys theme.
1: Yeah. The
0: cuz there's like a there's like finger snapping during it yeah do 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 it's great okay so we get a bit of a time jump and the now next we see that the money bin is completely covered in the protector glass we got Scrooge, the kids gyro and fenton and they're not alone who shows up
1: you see the beagle boys show showing up with a bunch of tools in their hands
0: and uh The Beagle Boy theme gets played through this entire sequence. We'll just throw that out there. And the kids are like, call the police. And what does Fenton say?
1: Or Mr. Gizmo?
0: (laughs) And Scrooge is like, no, I invited them here. This way, boys. (laughs) And as they pass, (laughs) Burger's Burger's like, nah, 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 nah. (laughs) (laughs) So they go inside and Scrooge tells them, if you can break through the, the glass, I'll give you a handful of my money. Yep. And what ensues?
1: So then, uh, who is it? Is it Burger? Oh, it's Burger. He takes a sledgehammer and then he whacks it against the glass. And obviously, it doesn't work.
0: It reverberates it up his body.
1: Yep. <laughs> and so they don't get anything.
0: <laughs> no. And Big Time and Baggy are dressed in commando outfits, throwing grenades. This sequence is not an example of the writers of DuckTales throwing the Beagle Boys into the show because they clearly love them a lot. This sequence was in the Unsafe Safe. It was longer. There's
1: there's multiple tries, and it also, when they do it, Scrooge doesn't invite them. They just are doing it on their own.
0: Right. This is is fun, though. I I wouldn't want this to be longer because there's a lot more we have to do here. Um, So they leave, and they say, you know, the the only chance we had is over. We're done. So the Beagle Boys are gone, and Scrooge is so excited. He's like, I can finally take a vacation I wanted to take for 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. He tells the kids we're going on a cruise.
1: He says that that he can finally show show them the world, which I find a little bit weird, because they've been all over the place at this point.
0: But maybe there's a difference between a pleasure vacation and a treasure hunt. Yeah. I mean they've been to Antarctica, but I wouldn't say that trip was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've been to the Himalayas, that wasn't fun. They almost had <laughs> they almost died from hypothermia in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so you see Fenton looking at the glass. He's like, "It'll be really easy for Gizmo duck now." And Scrooge is like, "Yeah, a little too <laughs> easy." Yep. So the next shot, we get a bunch of costume changes for Fenton. <laughs> yeah. We see Duck, I should say, um, pacing back and forth in front of the money bin. Every time he goes past, he's dressed a different way. The first time, he has missiles for hands and one coming out of his head. The second time, he has a chainsaw and a purple mask. The next time, I didn't quite catch what he was dressed as. Is it like a foreign legionnaire or something like that?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like Napoleon-y.
0: But with a blunderbuss. (laughs) Yep. The next time, did you see who he's dressed as? Rambo. With a machine gun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the last time, it's just the the general gizmoduck weaponry, including that skunk again. (laughs) Yeah, he's back. (laughs) Yeah, the skunk is back. Um, it survived
1: and he also has a, a needle a, like a hypodermic needle which is a little creepy that is a little creepy
0: <laughs> so you love this you told me you like this scene what happens next
1: yeah so then so uh, a guy comes up and he says that he has a telegram for for Duck, and he gets really excited and he's like i've never had a telegram before is it a singing telegram and he's like, no, it's just a regular telegram.
0: He's like, please, Oh, please. Sing, sing, sing. It would really make us it would really make a lonely hero's day.
1: <laughs> and he's like, All right. And he reads it and it's just, you're fired.
0: <laughs> and the this is one of those scenes where the animation on Gizmoduck is just spectacular. Oh like my gosh. he's clapping his hands all excited. Yeah. And like I love it when he acts with his visor, like the visor shouldn't pinch and bend like that. Yeah. But like, and when he gets the, when he finds out he's fired, just the visor is so sad. Yeah.
1: that expression is just so good, so extreme. It's like his face is melting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so fantastic. And um, I think the telegram guy was Frank Welker. Mm. But we're going to okay. see our voice actors all over this episode in all these incidental roles. So Fenton goes to the mansion to basically ask Scrooge, what's up? Like, why? Why did you fire <laughs> me?
1: Scrooge <laughs> is kind of a jerk in this
0: episode. Well, I mean, his reasoning is sound. He's like, why should I pay someone to watch a building if it's impenetrable? I I totally get his reasoning, but it's still kind of cruel. Yeah. Yep. And Fenton begs him, he's like, please, Mama, and I have grown accustomed to our extravagant lower middle class lifestyle. <laughs> I love that too. And Scrooge promises, I'm you know, you can yeah. <laughs> and Scrooge promises him, you can stay on as my accountant, but he's like, I could really use that second paycheck. Yeah. But Scrooge doesn't want to hear it, and Scrooge just leaves. And for one final indignity, what happened to Gizmaruk when the scene ends?
1: Um. Hey, what does happen?
0: He falls down the stairs.
1: Oh yeah, he goes bouncing down the
0: stairs. But but again, it's I I wish I knew like if there was a name. I mean, it would probably just be some guy from Taiwan. I wouldn't really know the name. But the way he falls down the stairs and his arms are swinging in perspective. Yeah. But it's Gizmo Duck. He's hard to draw. But they have him bouncing down the stairs, swinging his arms. It's really great stuff. Yeah. So after the scene, we uh, we see Scrooge and the boys and what are they doing?
1: <laughs> They're going on a luxury cruise.
0: <laughs> Is it really a luxury so
1: cruise? They have money for a luxury cruise, but not to pay Fenton.
0: <laughs> well Scrooge oh. says it, it was a they, they booked a cruise that didn't serve food. So yeah, they brought their own food own
1: Food and says, I hope you like bologna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the cheapest of deli meats. Yeah. It's like uh, the first episode where he uh, where he has the kids live off the cheese samples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, short scene, the, the cruise departs and then we go back to Gizmotuk. He's looking for a new job in the security department of somewhere. He, he just he needs a job.
1: I think he's at, like, a job placement agency.
0: Yeah. And the secretary who's trying to find a job for him is June Foray. And we know if we hear a June Foray voice, (laughs) we're going to get a June Foray character. Yep. My assumption is that the Beagle Boys are coming back and maybe Ma Beagle's with them. (laughs) I mean, right? That makes sense, correct? (laughs) Um, I mean, a lot of you guys who've seen the episode, you know better, right? But either way, uh, there's, a, there's a whole line of security guards who are also looking for jobs. Uh, two of them are voiced by Hal Smith, and um, who's very Glomgold kind of voice, and Alan Young. And they're all out of work because...
1: Everything now is getting covered in the glass.
0: And the Alan Young security guard says, there's no security in the security field anymore.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: and the and the two dumbass police officers from the Good Mudders are back there, too. <laughs> you remember those two guys? Yeah. <laughs> arrest them, and they go to arrest Mrs. Beakley. Um, okay, so after this scene, we catch up with Scrooge again. They're on the beach.
1: Yep. And,
0: What's happening?
1: And uh, they're... Scrooge is being a cheapskate again, <laughs> and um, the boys are uh, waxing a surfboard. That's I what think. it looks like. Yeah, and um, he orders them one soda with one with three straws.
0: <laughs> from a, from an island girl who is also voiced by June Veray.
1: Yep. And then they say that they're really thirsty, so he's like, "Fine, three small sodas with three straws." <laughs>
0: And they're like, wow, we've never seen you splurge before. <laughs> he's like, now that, I now that I don't have to worry about my money, I don't mind spending it. And then he says it would take magic to get my money now.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> we know where we're going with this. Where are we going with this, Tiffany?
1: So magic of spell is watching in her crystal ball.
0: It's not Mob Beagle. June Ferre is <laughs> back as Magica in her Yay. only, only appearance after the first production season. I don't know why they didn't use her more. They had June Foray. I know. Use her more, but she is so fantastic as Magica.
1: And it's her only time um, with Gizmo Duck too.
0: Only time with Gizmo Duck. She's like, if "It's magic is kind of magic," and she ends, of course, with a cackling laugh. And <laughs> so we see good. Mount we see Mount Vesuvius too, very briefly. Yep. <laughs> All right, so that's that's where our first com- first act ends. We go to commercial, and then we pick up with Scrooge and the boys who are taking a tour of the village of Quackenica. Yep. And there was a tour guide who thinks he's the funniest guy in the world.
1: And he's awful.
0: <laughs> he is awful. He is so awful. He's memorable, but he's awful. He's being voiced <laughs> by Chuck McCann. Yep. And Scrooge, they ask him, um, are there any wild animals? He's like, Yeah, just ask my girlfriend. And he is he's so awful, he's embarrassing. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. <laughs> so they get to the village, beautiful downtown Quackanika. I'm surprised this episode does not have a content warning because the natives yeah. are a little stereotyped. Um, it is what it is, right? Um, yeah, they don't, they don't dwell on them, though.
1: Yeah, there's, like, barely, like, anything with them. I Maybe think if there, they talk. Yeah, I think there was more of them in the comic book.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there was more. Um, They don't talk, so I don't think it's as bad as it could have been. But anyway, they spot some uh, feathers on one of the huts. And Scrooge is like, wow, these are beautiful. And the kids are like, wow, Uncle Scrooge, you've changed. You're taking pleasure in beautiful things.
1: (laughs) And yeah, then he says he just wants them to put in hats to sell them because he sees everything as a money-making opportunity. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and the guide says that um, the feathers are from the national bird of Yika, the Kwakanyika Yeek Nikas. And they're like, Can you show us? And he goes, Hey, can a TTC fly? <laughs> God. God, don't go into stand up, dude. You will get bombed. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the Kwakanyika Yeek Nikas, we're going to see them in a little bit. Um. But we go back to Duckburg, and poor Gizmo Duck, man. <laughs> There's a little boy and his yeah. mom who see Gizmo Duck, and what's Gizmo Duck doing?
1: He's a traffic director. Now. Yeah.
0: And, and have you noticed there are there is never on the show, except for the Bubba song, they have never used kids on the show as voice actors. So when this little boy talks, it's like the it's like the weirdest Frank Welker voice. <laughs> Mommy, what's Gizmo Duck doing? <laughs> and uh june for a really really earned her paycheck that week because she's doing the mom too yeah so gizmoduck has like traffic flags coming out of his helmet i don't know where his head is when those things are popping in and out <laughs> especially when the helicopter comes out where is that coming from <laughs> um but yeah he's pretty embarrassed for himself and then who should show up on a broom
1: but he's trying to keep his spirits up. He says, let's not get depressed. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, you know, you could tell he's miserable.
1: <laughs> yeah, so then you see Magica flying in on her broom.
0: I think and- this is the only time on the show she used a broom.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
0: She has her own jet. Yeah. That would have been faster. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. And, yeah, he she comes up to gizmo and he says is that vehicle registered
0: <laughs> it's so weird to see them together like that yeah totally i mean gizmonuck and the beagle boys go together but just like my mother the psychic it's so it was so weird to see him with Glomgold, and it's even weirder to see him with Magica.
1: <laughs> yeah and uh he stopped her because there's um, some uh, mother cat and kittens passing. We,
0: mu- we must have consideration for the city's kitties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I love that. Gizmorak
0: is the one character who can be corny in all the best ways.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> so Matrya doesn't care. She she leaves and knocks him over and he's like something tells me this is not going to be a big part of my resume. <laughs> So then she gets to the money bin, and this is where uh, the story diverges a bit from the Bark story. Um, In the unsafe safe, Magicka tries to break into Scrooge's vault using musical instruments. There is a different Bark story from 1963 called For Old Dime's Sake, where she tries to break into the money bin using explosives and comets and magic and all that crazy stuff. So they use that comic here. Yep. So how does the sequence go?
1: So she tries to use her magic wand, and it doesn't work. It just bounces off of the bin. She pulls out a full-on table with potions on it and a cult stand-up cauldron-type thing.
0: She says, it looks like I'll have to go the limit.
1: <laughs> yep. And then a huge cloud comes out, and she hits the bin with this magic explosion and it's a really big explosion you see from like a distance all throughout Duckburg, but it still doesn't do anything.
0: (laughs) Don't you love the way June Ferre is screaming, hit it again, hit it again, hotter, hotter. (laughs) Hotter. Yeah, she's, like the woman was at that point, what, in her 70s, maybe late 60s, but she still had the pipes. Yep. She was fantastic. Like, I I don't think people really realize what we've lost with all these. Go ahead, Tiffany.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say she worked until like the very end.
0: She was still doing Magicka in 2013 for the DuckTales remastered game.
1: Yeah. And she did other cartoons here and there.
0: She was doing Granny until she died.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think the world is truly truly gets how much we've lost losing all of these amazing voice actors like these people were irreplaceable you're not getting this anymore yep like you you can't you wouldn't be able to sell a show now with these with these voice actors but they were still irreplaceable yep so she realizes she's not getting into the money bin she kicks the thing and hurts her foot
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so then we go back to Quack and Yika where what happens?
1: So they are looking for the birds that the feathers belong to, the quack and yeekers. <laughs> and um the guy the guide says, you know, don't startle the birds or it'll sing. And like,
0: believe me, this is no nightingale. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then of course I think it's Scrooge. He accidentally steps on a stick. Yep. And um, the bird starts screeching. And it breaks That's
0: got that's gotta be Frank Welker, right?
1: Yeah, probably. And it um breaks his unbreakable glasses.
0: This plays out the exact same way in the comic. Uh, mm-hmm. the Yikas are designed identical exactly. to the ones in the comic, except the colors are different. Yeah. Otherwise it's, the design it... is straight from the comic book.
1: Yeah, it's exactly the same.
0: And the breaking spectacles, that's how, that's exactly what happens in the in the comic as well. Yep. I mean, sometimes they could be really faithful to the Barks comics if they wanted to be. hmm
1: <laughs>
0: This is a good example. So Scrooge realizes, oh, great. Like, if these things get into Duckburg, they're going to break all the protector glass. We have to make sure no one knows these things exist.
1: Yeah. But... Magica, again, is listening on her crystal ball.
0: <laughs> you could never keep a secret for me, Scroogey darling. And we end with the, the crazy Magica laughter for this act break, too. Yep. I don't care if the two act breaks end the exact same way. It's Magica <laughs> cackling. Yeah. <laughs> she gets so carried away. <laughs> All right, so, okay. So, um, act three... We were back at Quackin' Yika again, where they're rounding up the Yikas for a dollar a bird. And yep. um, so who shows up?
1: So Magica comes in, but this time not on her broom for some reason. She's in a canoe. <laughs> and,
0: Why isn't she just using the broom? I don't
1: know. And she um, uses her Wisp of Wind powder to make a little mini tornado on the back of the canoe, and it makes her go super-duper fast. But unfortunately for her, it goes too fast, and she crashes directly into
0: Scrooge. She pulls a launch pad. Yep. (laughs) And Scrooge is like, look what the wind blew in. (laughs) And she uh, zaps him. She uh, knocks him out, pretty much. The kids come in to rescue him. She zaps them, too. And then she zaps all the yikas. And then what does she do?
1: So then she ties all the birds up and makes a little sling and goes flying off to um fly to the Valkyries.
0: <laughs> Again, yeah, the Valkyries music from <laughs> I think that was the Maiden the Myth it was written for. Um yeah. Dun da-da-dun, dun 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 yep. <laughs>
1: But, so, yeah, this is, um. It, so, yeah, that's shot of her, like, flying away with the birds, that's, like, directly from the
0: comic book. Oh, the drawings are verbatim.
1: Yeah. And she has
0: all of them on ropes, and the ropes, she's holding them all together, and they're just flying her up in the air, straight yeah. from the comic book.
1: Yeah. And then I was going to say, like, the whole hypnotizing thing is a little bit more of a thing in the comic book. Cause she like makes an invention that's like, I forget what they call it. It's like her zapper or something. And it's a thing she puts on her wrist and it uses, she uses it to hypnotize everybody throughout the whole comic. And it's kind of a hint to that, but she's just using her regular magic, but that's more of a prominent thing in the comic book. is she has this specific invention to hypnotize people.
0: (laughs) Right. I've seen pictures of it. It's like on her wrist. Right.
1: Yeah, it's almost yeah. like Spider-Man Web Slinger. <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: yeah, it's. I saw a picture of it. It is very Spider-Man. And um, on the way, on the way out, she bumps into a coconut, bonks Scrooge on the head, knocks him out of his trance. He wakes the kids up. He's like, "Let's get back to Duckburg before it's too late." Yeah. And then here comes one of my other favorite Gizmo Duck scene, where Gizmo Duck is a lunch truck at a construction site. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is just hilarious First of all, Gizmoduck is wearing a chef's hat He's he's cooking burgers on a grill Where the TV in his stomach area usually is, right? Yep He's got spatulas They're playing the, the kooky Fenton music And <laughs> we got construction workers voiced by House uh, Chuck McCann Hal Smith and Alan Young Who are ordering food from him and um, the how hal- the, uh, the Chuck McCann one's like, how about a hot cup of Java? And uh, where where does he get that? In the back. In the back. <laughs> and unfortunately, a cup drops in upside down, and the coffee spills all over the inside of the suit.
1: Yep. The
0: He's animation stuck. of him jumping up, holding his butt, and screaming is really great.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: And he zooms away and jumps into a mud puddle. And then Tiffany, what does he say?
1: (laughs) Said, I thought I was going to decaffeinate myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And just the animation on him is just so, so good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Scrooge, the boys, and Gyro are, you know, driving down the street in Gyro's little UFO machine that he has. Yeah, um, which he had way back. Uh, micro ducks in outer space. I want to say he had a little UFO thing. So he's still driving that, and Scrooge is lamenting firing Gizmo Duck when who should they see?
1: <laughs> Gizmo Duck.
0: <laughs> and he's sitting there in the mud still. He's like the Mushu looks a little mushy. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah. get out of the they get out of the car, and what happens?
1: And Scrooge. Tells him about how magic has found a way to break through the glass.
0: She and has.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, Gizmo ducks excited about it.
0: And then he he puts his hand over his mouth. He's like, I mean, how unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Scrooge is like, I need you. He's like, Am I back on the payroll? And Scrooge is like, I suppose with a big <laughs> raise. <big race? laughs> And then he sees all the angry construction workers coming for him. And again, I love the animation of him taking off the chef's hat, giving it to Scrooge, and he's like, we'll talk about this later. And he just he zips out of there. Yeah. So Magica gets to Duckburg with the Yikas, and what happens from there?
1: So she unhypnotizes one of the birds and is trying to get it to sing... To break the glass, but Gizmoduck is way too fast and he comes and swoops up Magicka and starts flying away to that awesome hero music.
0: Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Awesome hero music. but you didn't mention that um the bird wouldn't sing for magicka, it's sleeping. She pulls out one of its tail feathers to make it make it sing. Yeah. She um. practices animal cru- we never know what happened to Poe. He isn't around anymore.
1: So <laughs> yeah, where's Poe? <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah, then she says, you know, you haven't defeated me yet, or something like that, to that effect. And she grabs, um pulls out the wind powder again in her little vial.
0: She and- says, I'm gonna blow you and your tin man all the way to Oz.
1: Yep. <laughs> But um, this scares one of the geekers and it starts screeching, and it explodes the bottle, and a tornado comes out, and it blows Magica away.
0: And Scrooge <laughs> says, that's the thing about Magica. she always knew how to make an exit. <laughs> so, we go up to the top of the money bin, which is where she had put all the geekers, and Gyro and Gizmoduck are putting socks over their mouths so they can't sing. They get them back in the cages. Everything seems fine. Yep. <laughs> Until the kids decide to come in with what?
1: They found that one of the eggers la- laid an egg, and it starts to hatch right there. And they're all excited, and they say, can we please keep it? What harm could it do?
0: <laughs> yep. As Scrooge is thinking about it, what happens?
1: It starts screeching and it breaks all of the glass in Duckburg.
0: Everything car windshields, street lights, shop windows, every building in town, including, of course, the money bin.
1: Yep. <laughs> every
0: single piece of glass in town explodes. <laughs> and Scrooge is like, oh man. And Gizmo Duck reminds him when you hired me back, you didn't just get a security guard you got a street sweeper (laughs) and he turns his wheel assemblage into a giant street sweeper (laughs) and what is our last little bit of the episode tip
1: uh isn't that the end
0: well no scrooge looks at the yika and he says you and your big mouth what really yeah, you didn't you didn't catch the ending when you watched no,
1: it. No, how do I not remember that part?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, he's like you and your big mouth, and they play this great guitar riff of the Ducktales theme.
1: Wow, that's funny. I didn't even catch that part.
0: <laughs> and the Yeek is like, oh, silly me. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> it's a great episode. I'm gonna say that um, the Barks comic did not end this way. Um, obviously there's no Gizmo Duck. But um and there's no giant breakage of glass. Magica Magica stops because her wand runs out of juice.
1: No, it it's because they isn't, it, isn't that went, what happens? Kind of. I mean, she it's her um the hypnotizing thing on her wrist runs out of batteries.
0: Oh, okay. I was close. And she,
1: actually, she actually gets the dime in in this story, and she's running away with it, and then her um her God. wrist thing runs out of batteries. and they Still, just, like, this is
0: more dramatic.
1: Yeah, they just grab it really fast, and it's like uh, she's really, really angry at the end. Because <laughs> she, like, essentially won, and then at the last second, they, like, snatch it from her, and her wrist thing runs out of batteries.
0: <laughs> Perhaps if this episode was longer, they would have let her get the dime. But they've let her do that before. Yeah. So, um... I'm curious, before we rate this, what is your favorite Magicka episode?
1: Um, The Shadow I, War one.
0: <laughs> that is a good one. That is a good one. I like that I one, too.
1: I think it's partially just nostalgia.
0: <laughs> I mean, all three of her TMS episodes are good. That one, yeah. setting the Clones, and Raiders of the Lost Harp. All three of them are good. Yep. I, I think my least favorite Magicka episode is Nothing to Fear. With the, everyone's worst fears coming true. Oh
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that
0: that one's a little weird. See, even first season can get kind of weird too. <laughs> I mean, you watch the Ducky Horror Picture Show lately?
1: <laughs> and that's another one that I loved as a kid so much.
0: That's a weird I one
1: though. I mean, I think my the I got into horror through like the Universal Monsters, so any. Anyway. Well,
0: yeah, me too. I got the jokes. Yeah. I just. I mean, don't, I,
1: They did anything that referenced them.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's burned in my brain the shot of the gorilla playing ping pong walking down the street.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they sing a song.
0: Weren't many songs in DuckTales, so the ones they they do kind of stand out. (laughs) Um, I know
1: Disney afternoon soundtrack for some reason.
0: (laughs) Yeah, only the Boogie Beagle Blues was there.
1: Yeah.
0: But what did you want, though? The Bubba song? (laughs) Bubba likes to eat his... Bubba Grubba come on we all we all grew to that (laughs) didn't we (laughs) I did love that joke on the new DuckTales where where like was it Dewey he's like I already have his theme song Bubba Bubba that's all I got (laughs) (laughs) um so what would you rate the Unbreakable bin
1: out of five yeah um I'd probably give it a four and a half
0: (laughs) okay how come
1: um I love it. I think it's it tra- it translates from it translates from the comic to an episode really well, especially considering that they added Gizmo Duck and Gyro to it. I think that's kind of a tricky thing to do, but it's it feels like it's very close to the comic even though it's not really.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: So that's pretty awesome and I think it's funny. Gizmo Duck, like I um was saying before, is uh, like the most adorable like he's ever been in this episode.
0: He really is.
1: <laughs> and um yeah, Magic is great. This is more of a, a goofy magicka. She's not like a super menacing magicka, but you know, she can do either one. And I'm not gonna complain.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's fine. Yeah. She's such yeah. a strong character, doesn't matter how they use her. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna give this a four and a half as well. Um, I think it's one of the strongest Gizmo Duck episodes. To me, it's really second only to the Masked Mallard, because that yeah. one was like really, that one was a labor of love by everybody who made this. This one, this is close. I think being a bark story really helped it. Like they, it helped them, it helped them focus on what they were doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It's it's great to have Magica. It's a big shame she didn't show up more. The Beagle Boy scene is short, but I love those guys, so I enjoy it. Um, and Gizmoduck is just great in this one. The animation makes him funny. I think the, the vocal work, you're right, he is adorable in this one. Um, yeah. This is a really great episode. I've revisited it a lot. I wouldn't have said when I was a kid I liked it a lot, but as an adult, I really find it great. Yeah. <laughs> So that's it for this one. We're gonna we're gonna leave Gizmoduck aside for a while. Who knows? We may get back to him at some point. Talk about Fenton in a while, but I believe the next time we hit an episode, we will be we'll be doing first season Ducktail stuff. Um, but we'll see what happens between now and then. Me and Stan might do some comics. We'll see what happens. Um, but we hope we hope you guys have enjoyed this one, the two other Gizmoduck episodes we've done, and. Okay.
1: Do you, know so, when, um, do you know
0: when issue two comes out of the comic book? Um, actually, it's funny you should mention that. By the time this drops, the review of issue two actually should already be up. Because we're recording this February 15th. The episode, the issue drops next week in our time frame, which means we'll have an we'll have the review of it up before this one comes out. So if you're listening to this, you've probably already heard a review. <laughs> so yeah, our our timeline is a little skewed right now. Nothing's being recorded in the order it's gonna air, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't mind anymore. We're not doing things in an air date order the way we used to, so it's fine. We're just having fun with it now. Um, so <laughs> we are the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps and on YouTube. Tiffany, um, you wanna plug yourself tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Tiffany Braun and at Regurgitating Girdie, and I'm on YouTube at Radioactive Tiffany and at CarnyTube.
0: All right, then. So everybody, enjoy the rest of your day, and to all our St. Canardians, everybody, stay dangerous. But when you stay dangerous, make sure you don't decaffeinate yourself. <laughs>
1: Bye. Bye.
0: (laughs)